Um, Rob Zustia was having a hard time wrapping his head around the whole idea of tshuva. He was overwhelmed for, uh, from his teacher, uh, Rabbi Dov Ber, the Megid of Medzerich. And to, to keep things simple, Rav Zuzia boiled the, the Megid's teaching down to five simple principles uh, emboldened by the five verses from the Torah, each beginning with another letter from the word tshuva, return or repentance. And so, as we said, we were right down in one single column, tav, which would be tamim, be sincere, tamim, be in whole with your creator, uh, shaviti, or shaviti, I have set God before me always, keeping him as your priority, the yud and tshuva, the word is vehta, and you shall love vehtav your vahatav. Yeah, thank you. Your fellow as yourself. Next is vav vahol in all your ways vahol your ways in all your ways know him. And last is hatnia discreetly. That is walk discreetly before God. Now. Uh, let me lay a quick foundation. There are two modes of return, or two modes of tshuva. Uh, one is a lower level, the other is a higher level. The lower level of tshuva is to turn away from evil and do good. Uh, first reflect on the things that you've done that are violating God's will, and you also consider the things that you've not done that God wanted you to do. Then verbalize your regret over the actions and commit not to do them again. Where you have injured others, you make restitution, etc., 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 or ask for forgiveness. The higher level of tshuva is going through from strength to strength. If you're around Rob Greenbaum a lot, he'll say, go from strength to strength. And what does that mean to go from strength to strength? It doesn't mean muscle strong. It means that I continue to build on my strength. Which means, for example, if we, we, we've heard this before, and maybe you would recognize the Hebrew phrase, I can't remember it right now, but basically, uh, one mitzvah leads to another mitzvah, right? And one uh, sin leads to another, right? I can't remember the phrase, but you understand. So the idea is, from going from strength to strength, is that you're always building. This is the higher level of tshuva. It's not just saying, I'm sorry, please forgive me, I correct my ways. But not only do I correct my ways, but I actually make midot, very serious character development changes, right? Like we've been talking about from uh, our Musar classes. It's really taking serious what you do. Sandy, you and I were talking before class about some very simple things that we've done in our home to try to change how we create uh, negative uh, words you speak. Almost like creating your angels or your golems, right? in your home of negativity, and by not speaking those things, we brought in an atmosphere of peace and goodness into our home. Uh, and we, we can find that, that that is really the true higher level. Now, the lower level of truth, as important as it is, was surely not what the Megid was expounding when on what Rav Zusia was perplexed about. Rav Zusia was not the kind of person who had to worry about violating the Shabbos or or cheating on uh, business, or forgetting to put on tefillin. This wasn't the issue. So these five verses must be about the higher tshuva. 
So the five the five phrases that we gave for the word tshuva uh, have to do with the highest level of doing repentance or return. The the overreaching goal of this class and the art of, of tshuva, the art of biblical repentance, is to finally raise ourselves up to a consciousness to live consistently with God in this world. Okay, this is this is the ultimate goal, the highest level of tshuva, is to live consistently with God in this world. Now, the first one is this phrase. If you have a number one, to thine own godly self be true. Now, what is what is the key word in this? Godly self, right? Because can you say, well, I'm true to myself and be absolutely wrong? Yes. I remember watching, uh, and I mentioned this I think a number of years ago, but watching a, a, a cooking show, which I like cooking shows, right? And so I'm watching a cooking show, and this lady just did a horrible job, right? And so the chef would tell them, you know, there's a terrible presentation, blah, 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 blah. And she starts crying, and she says, but you don't understand. Uh, I, I was just being true to myself. I was, I was... I know I did good. I really believe I did good. And so she wanted to pass because she believed she did good. That's called being true to yourself, but being in a, a delusion or an illusion. The reason why this is important, tamim, is about being true to your godly self. Meaning that I need to be whole and complete. I need to be sincere. I need to, to understand that the, the highest level of tshuva is to be wholehearted before God, right? So, it says, the Torah says, Avraham, you found his heart faithful before you. Hayom yom for Tishri. So the idea is that Avraham is our example. God says, I'm, I'm going to cause your prodigy to bless the nations. And the reason why I chose you is because you are going to teach your children how to walk in my commandments and, and be whole in my commandments. Imagine that you had a job that you really like, okay? Some people have jobs. You teach teacher. I hope you like your job. Uh, it was work you knew was important. You get paid for it. Your employer and colleagues and clients respect you. With a job like that, you no doubt would approach your work every day in a wholehearted manner. How many have ever had a job, won't raise hands, that you didn't like? Right? And it's not a wholehearted effort, is it? You don't approach it wholeheartedly. So if we're getting an idea, what are we talking about tamim? We're talking about the difference between being in a relationship or being in a job in which you are wholehearted. Why? Because it's very fulfilling. It's very, uh, 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 what do you call it? Um, say it again? Satisfying. Satisfying. Really important part of... of being able to, like what some person says, if you uh, find something you love to do, you, it's never work, right? You'll never work a day in your life. Um, so that's what we need to deal with in our, in our work in the world. We are to uncover the divine in everyday life. We do that through study Torah, doing mitzvah, inspiring, enabling others to do the same, and bringing the world into its ultimate state of perfection. When we realize how important this work is, our approach is, and it will be wholehearted. When we see Hashem in everything, we, we will finally get to a place to where this is like, it can't get dull and boring because Hashem is in it. 
even in our jobs and our relationship and the things that we do and our daily tasks that sometimes can be mundane and can be very difficult, if you're looking for a shem in it, it's it's going to be a wholehearted experience. Next, perceive God in the modality of continuous creation. Mentioned that before, right? Perceive God in the modality of continuous creation. The word is shiviti. I have set God before me always. Shiviti. In Rav Kaczynski's, I mean Solovinsky, Dov Solovetchik, I'm sorry, Solovetchik, in this book on repentance. Those of you guys who are watching it online, I would like to read a segment. Really, I find this interesting. Because the difference between uh, acknowledging there's a God, believing there's a God, and knowing there's a God. We're going to talk about that for a second. Because there is a difference, isn't it? Right? Okay, here we go. Um, it says, uh, the idea... When speaking of the existence of God, which is in the context of the first positive commandment, he declares in Sefer HaMitzvot, Book of the Commandments, which is in the way of an instruction to the Mishneh Torah, that we are commanded to believe in the divine. On the other hand, the laws of the principles of faith in the Mishneh Torah, Maimonides, does not use the word believe. Which is leha amin, leha amin, but rather the word to know, laida, right? Why does he do this? He writes to us the foundation, quote, and mainstay of all wisdom is to know that there is a primary being who is the creator. The use of both terms to be believe and to know seems to indicate that all the principles of faith involve a dual commandment for one to reg- uh, one regarding the existence of God carries implications which pertain to all other commandments. This precepts, precept is at the root of all the commandments, and the precept of faith have our source in the basic idea, to know, le-ida, that there is a God. Now, what's the difference? To know there's a God sets him out in front of you in clarity, in tamim, in siviti. You've set God out here and you know, you know, it's not a belief system. What is the problem with the diff- What is the problem with belief rather than knowing? What would you think the problem would be? Very good, very good. Belief can be doubted. Correct. So what ends up being the challenge to some people who's, who's, who has a, quote, crisis of faith is because their system is a belief system, and as soon as their beliefs have been challenged, which they were, which they were thank you, we're all here sitting there as, <laughs> as products of that, right? When your beliefs have been challenged, then finally what stripped away, hopefully, Baruch Hashem in our case, it was only Hashem. That when your when your whole belief systems are dismantled, then truly what we ended up having to do is refocus on the true essence of the Creator 
and set him before us. The idea is that we, especially our generation, we're a little bit older. You're youngie. You're too young. <laughs> but I remember, you know, the hippie movement and everybody was in the... Yeah, tiptoeing, you know, smoking weed, engaging in God, touching, you know, getting involved in, uh, what do you call it, Hinduism and Indian uh, mysticism and, say again? I think I've heard of people getting involved in Buddhism. Buddhism, yes. Buddhism, etc. Shirley MacLaine. Shirley yes. She's, she, yeah. Huh? She went up to the Andes. She went up to the Andes. She had stones and crystals around her neck and interesting person. So everybody was on the search of spirituality. But the problem is, is if, if you're not searching for the creator, then all you're going to get is, is uh, what we call cheap, very good word, cheap imitation of the, the true essence. And so what ends up happening is people believe, build belief systems on these imaginative, cheap imitations of the creator. Are there truths that are attached to all of these that are comes from Hashem? By all means, there are. But what we're wanting to do is to understand true tshuva and returning or coming to God is to strip away all of the illusions that does not paint the center focus of the one true God. And to before we can actually begin to do avoda tshuva, that is service of repentance, we have to have a clear knowing that there is a God. Why? Because if it's just a belief system, I can say, well, you know, who knows? Maybe I don't have to really repent because I'm not really sure that God really cares that much about what I do. Precisely. Right. Something else you try to jump on. So when you know there's a God, there's a motivation that drives you that says, no, there is a God, and this is the expectation He has of me. And so it does cause you to encounter your relationship with God in a completely different way. Next, number three, love God by being good to others. Vatava, love your fellow as yourself. Lahavta, yeah, thank you very much. I'm having a problem with my dyslexia now. It says that after the Rebbe taught that this love is an instrument, it means love the eternal, your God. This is explained in the statement, whoever is pleasing to man is pleasing to God. The service of tshuva stems from the goodness of heart. Hayom, yom, six, testri. So what's the point? I can't physically touch the divine. I can't physically... Do something to create uh, something for him. I can't contribute to the divine. So the divine gives us the ability to contribute to each other as a substitute for doing that for him. Why? Because if each person carries within them the essence of the divine, then when I am demonstrating my love for another, my compassion for another, my kindness to another, I'm actually extending that to the very essence of the Creator Himself. And so, tshuva requires me, and this is the higher level of tshuva, not only have I repented, 
Not only have I changed my ways, but now I'm beginning to make the improvements in my life to have people around me notice that there is a different aura or different air about myself because I've placed God in front of me. I've set him out here. He's my number one priority. And and, and remember, there, there's also this idea of, and we'll get to it in a moment, but I think the last one is to uh, be discreet in your relationship with God. Just touching on this, it doesn't mean to be hyper-religious. You understand where, where you're... You come over as a pompous, pious individual. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is a person whose um, whose practice in their daily life is real. It's genuine. It's authentic. It's not fake. It's not platitudes. It is truly about loving your fellow. Next, number four. Very important. And this ties into the idea of of knowing God. Number four, see God's providence at work in every facet of your life. Vibachol. In all your ways, know Him. There's a psalm that says, remember this? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge Him and what will He do? He'll make your path straight pretty beautiful psalm. It's been one of the mantras of my whole life. This idea is in all your ways, know Him. Acknowledge Him. In all your ways, knowing that you are fallible, that you are finite, and He is infinite. And recognizing that sets a person to look around and say that if God is infinite, then His potential is infinite. Then His giftings are uh, infinite. And his giving to me is infinite. And that's why Sandy wakes up and says, this was a good day the first thing in the morning. Because you know Hashem's kindness and compassion and, and, and gifting to you is infinite. We're finite. So if I lean onto my own understanding, what kind of understanding do I have? Finite. It's minimal. It's limited. At the very best, it's limited. So, a person who sets his heart and mind to observe all that happens to him around him or her will perceive godliness tangibly in evidence. Uh, as the, the Mettler Rebbe pointed out, business people have an advantage over uh, secluded scholars in that the former can witness actual manifestations of godliness. This form of service of tshuva comes from one's perceiving the particular divine providence is found in Hayom Yom 7 Tisri. Earlier, we are told of the importance of seeing all the reality as part of an immense ongoing creation. Here we go one step further as to see every moment in creation as a direct, immediate manifestation of a benevolent, eternal purpose that motivates us to practical action. What do we say? Fancy words is this. Even when the contractor comes in and messes things up, I need to see the providence of Hashem. I need to see that I acknowledge Him in this. And you've done that, right? You, you're like, hey, I, what am I doing wrong? Is there like a dark cloud over me? Is there something happening that I'm not doing right? This is the beautiful part of the highest level of tshuva. You go to work at school, and let's say that, I don't know how school districts are now. I think there are a lot more difficult to work for than in times past but teachers can get written up for all kinds of things 
And it's like, it's like one day after another, it's like you keep having these kind of problems that come up. I think it's natural for us to go, do I need to do something different? Do I need to manifest something else in my life? What is this? Is this undue Jewish guilt? No. It's called acknowledging God. Just simply acknowledging the same thing. Well, what is it you're trying to teach me here? There's got to be something to this that I, keep, I seem to be zigging when everybody else is zagging. And I need to be aware of what's going on. So the very best way to see the divine providence at work is by being part of life and engaging with it in order to make a dwelling place for God in the lowest level. That means that every moment that I'm awake, I'm actually engaging the divine by looking for him. And, and we've all heard Rob Dror say this, look for Hashem in the cracks. Just looking for him in the small places. In the, in the, in the times that you just... Uh, it's, look, I forgot the statistic, but I think Dr. Jordan Peterson said that the vast majority of people in America, uh, because of automation and computers and technology and all that stuff, our minds so full that we operate in uh, autonomous auto mode most of the time. And we're not even conscious. We're not even aware. We just go through the day. And here's a prime example. Uh, my wife said, hey, you know, why don't you go uh, uh, before class and go by this place and pick up this? I said, great, I'll do it. And I leave the house and I go by the place and they don't have it. So I come here and I send her a text and I said, hey, they didn't have it. She goes, they have to have it. I just saw it. And I said, no, they didn't have it. She goes, where did you go? And I said, I went here. She goes, that's not where I said to go. And I went, you're right. Right. You know, it's like she told me that and I realized, oh, I was in auto mode. I was like, mm, I was just doing whatever's. And we all do that. Space out. Space out. No, I know. Ha- have you ever drone drove somewhere and you go, how did I get here? I don't even remember the trip. <laughs> right. So the point is this. It's God forbid that we would go through life and not be conscious of the creator. And if we if the vast majority of, of people in this world spend 80% of their time in sort of a zombie mode, we're missing out on finding the Creator. So in this age of Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, we should be shaking ourselves in a reality and saying, Man, I cannot be in zombie mode this year. We've got to be in a mode of truly looking for Hashem in everything and every aspect of our life. And then when we do that, it's also going to bring a level of consciousness that will cause us to do number five. And that is, be discreet about your relationship with God. What's the word for that? Hatz. H-A-T-Z-N-E-I-A. Hatznia. Hatznia. Walk discreetly with your God. I like the quote here. It comes from Hayom Yom 8 Tisri. It says, A man should always be artful in piety. The artfulness lies in seeing that his piety not be noticed at all. Now that's different. Your piety shouldn't be noticed by all. Know that a number of the early Hasidim concealed their true selves and when discovered were sincerely distressed. This is Avada, Avada of Tshuva, which comes 
from being discreet. So the idea is that once we become confident in our relationship with God, we don't need to uh, put out uh, some air of, I've got a better connection with God than anybody, and I'm so holy, and I'm so special. In reality, most people should be able to look at you and go, doggone it, what makes that person such a fun person to be around? It's discreet. And by chance, if they happen to get to know you at some point, they're going to realize that you're a very conscious person about your relationship with God. But it's about being very discreet. We talk about this attribute of modesty all the time in Judaism. Modesty. And when we think modesty, we think about how we dress, how we speak, right? There's also a modesty of our thought process, right? Be modest. Um, We talked about Modesty in our words, not forming things that create negative things around us, uh, not being crude and not being rude. Uh, but modesty also, now this is, help me, I want you to help me to sort of verbalize. You could be completely religious and not discreet and immodest by being a pompous, pious person. Got Got it? So the idea, in terms of not flaunting what others might find materially attractive, but it looks money, celebrity, uh, Zusa, uh, his uh, absolutely went without saying, since maintaining physical modesty is an essential element of the lower level of tshuva, here we're taught that we need to be equally modest about our positive spiritual traits. How many times have you been around someone that wants to let everybody know they don't eat that kind of food? Right? And and there's no need there's no need to pronounce it. Just don't eat it. Right? Somebody sir, oh, I don't I don't eat that. It's, I love that the rabbi uh, that um, is asked if he wanted to eat a certain food and he's in a kosher house. Uh, but he didn't know if the hexure was the right hexture for this particular item, so he just said, my doctor said I shouldn't have that. Right. You understand what I'm saying? It was, it was Rambam, but it was, but the whole point was, is my doctor said I can't have that. And that's modest. Not like, oh, well, I'm not sure if your hexture is good enough for me. That would be immodest. So we understand what this means. Um, it's also uh, demeaning the other person. Very demeaning. Right. So and even and your, if your piety humiliates someone else that doesn't deserve to be humiliated, it's, it, there's nothing good about that at all. Nothing good. The reason is it, that we do this is obvious. Even when one has managed to control or even transform his physical cravings, the cravings of ego for attention and admiration can still remain. So for the average person who's still struggling with physical impulses, doing good and succeeding and being modest about one's positive qualities can provide the inner strength to become overcome even his strongest physical desires. A person who can control his or her ego will live life in a state of true humility and relationship to God. How in the world can we put God before us at all times if our ego is between us and God? And it's so easy to have an ego that says, well, I've made all of these accomplishments, and this is what makes me such a special person. 
God forbid, I know that nobody in this community is that way. But it is a shame when you run into people like that. And I have run into people like that in the past, and it was not very pleasant. So in the conclusion of this thought, the Day of Atonement contains the richest variety of communal prayers, in which the real heart of tshuva comes from when we pray. But as we see, true biblical tshuva and true biblical repentance is not just saying you're sorry, not just removing those negative traits away from you, but going from strength to strength and building on your character traits and becoming a better person this next year than I was the last year. It's about building on our character traits and refining the finest detail of our midot, our character. And by by Hashem's loving kindness, all of us will go from strength to strength in this Yom Kippur. Uh, we will be inscribed in the book of life in such a way that we bring new prosperity, new blessing, and more than that, that we are able to draw closer to Hashem. That concludes this.